0: Good morning everybody. How you doing today? Good to see you guys. Wait at me a little bit. Hey, hey. Hey, that was a good time of worship this morning. Let's thank the worship team for all they do. Come on. Great job, guys. Great job. Yeah, it's hard for me giving them all music lessons every week. And you know, I'm just kidding. That's what that Jude, that's your job, right? That's what you do. Yeah. Man, so such a great team. I'm thankful for all the people that helped make Joy Church happen every single Sunday all through the week. Come on. And listen, if you're here and you're visiting and you're like, hey, I'm so thankful for all the volunteers. Everything about this church is about getting you off the bench into the game, right? That's what we're about, about getting into the purpose and the plan of God because God has a plan for your life. And uh, being a Christian and a follower of Jesus is not about being a consumer. It's about being a contributor. It's about letting what God does inside of you and what God gets to you, letting it get through you. So we're excited about that. Well, we're jumping into a brand new series called Rocket Fuel, as you saw up there. Now, if you're like, uh, what's Rocket Fuel? and Why are we talking about that? Well, this is a church for scientists. And uh, no, <laughs> no, it's not. It's if you know me, I don't have the math proficiency to accomplish any legitimate scientific endeavor. Uh, it's very true. I'm, I'm, I'm math poor. Let's just say that. I like to read. I like history. I like that. Math, not so much. No, Rocket Fuel is a a little book that I actually wrote for our youth group, our youth ministry, a couple of years ago. And it's it's all about how to fuel your life with the Spirit of God and learning how to connect with God through what we call daily devotions, which is basically just reading your Bible and praying, learning how to communicate with God. And we're going to talk about that over the next several weeks, how to have a real relationship with God. How many of you would say, I want to have a real relationship with God? Now, this is a bold thing to put your hand up because what you've just told, the creator of heaven and earth, the God that spoke everything into existence and formed you with his hands, that you want to know him. And knowing God and having a real relationship with God is kind of scary, actually, and I'll tell you why. Not because he's going to smite you, not for that reason. It's scary because you cannot have a relationship with God and walk away and be the same person that you were when you started. If you begin to to connect with God and you begin to to speak with God through prayer, yes, God's going to listen to you, but you're going to listen to him and his words have power and impact. He's going to change you from the inside out. And the same things that maybe you were drawn into before, you're not going to be drawn into anymore because there's going to be transformation. See, a lot of people think Christianity is about, hey, if I get my life all right and I do all the things I need to do, then God will accept me. Um, And it's really the opposite is that God accepts you. He brings you into relationship and then you begin to change in relationship with him. And and we're going to give you practical tools over the next couple of weeks in this series on how to do that. But I want you to understand something today. Every person sitting here today, every person that's watching this on video at UO, every person that's watching this and listening to this online later this week, you need to know that you are absolutely loaded to the gills with potential. You are full of potential, meaning what? There is so much latent power inside of you because you were lovingly crafted by the hands of God to make a difference in the world. Now you might be sitting here going, "Ah, no, I don't really have much potential. There's not really much inside of me. I'm just this introverted person or I'm just a loudmouth or I'm just this or that. I'm too broken. I'm too I'm too discouraged or whatever. I'm too overburdened." No, those are the things that those are the things maybe that are on top of you, but what's underneath there, what God actually put inside of you is this potential life. You were made on purpose and for a purpose. You're loaded with potential. So what does that have to do with rockets? What does it have to do with rocket fuel and all these kind of things. Well, here's the thing. Just like a rocket, you know, you get the Apollo rocket built, they put it on the thing. If you don't put any fuel inside of it, it ain't going anywhere. Hello. You can have a Ferrari, but if you don't put gas in it, it's as good as, it's not good. <laughs> that's, that's the metaphor there. It's not good. That's a professional communicator here, my friends. <laughs> if you have all this potential, but you're not fueled up, Even though you have this enormous capacity, you're stuck. And this is where a lot of people are. Even people that have been following Jesus for a while, they're like, man, I know that that with God, things are supposed to be different in my life and I'm supposed to make a difference and all this kind of stuff, but I just feel stuck. I'm not going anywhere. I hear these messages about preaching the gospel and sharing my faith and serving and doing these things, but I feel stuck. It might be because you don't have any gas in you. You might have any fuel in you. And I want to show you how over the next few weeks, and our communication team wants to show you guys how to get your life fueled up. You know, this weekend we, uh, or this week we, we acquired this amazing machine. We got a rototiller. Anybody know what a rototiller is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, unless you think that I got the rototiller, it was actually my wife, Bethany, that found the rototiller. And she found this amazing rototiller. It, it, it looks terrible. It looks like it was probably used to power a submarine in, in World War I or World War II or something. It's ancient. It's all rusted out. The muffler actually fell off while I was using it this week. Like, it's a, it's a rust bucket, man. But this thing is like, a, it's a, it's herking. That's the best word I can use to describe it. It's a herking. Rotot- I mean, it's massive, and it's so heavy. And I mean, you can barely move it. When the engine is not on and those tines aren't turning, man, this thing is like, Ugh! You have to be He-Man to move it, right? Any 80s kids remember He-Man, right? That's what you think when you see me, huh? He-Man, all these bulging muscles. <laughs> Maybe not. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. Now, this rototiller, we got it on. We got it fueled up. We got, actually got it turned on. And I'm telling you right now, I was the conqueror of our garden patch. Because I was using this rototiller, you know, and just, it rototills you at the same time that you're rototilling the garden. I actually have better abs today from that moment of just shaking me, right? How many of you like those, those fitness gimmicks where they're like, just strap this on and it'll just vibrate you and then you'll, be, you'll lose weight. They don't work. Trust me, I've tried. So <laughs> this rototiller, though, is amazing. It's so powerful. It has all this potential to, to till up the earth and, and grind through the dirt and get it ready for planting so we can eat delicious vegetables and make salsa and good stuff. Praise Jesus. And Bethany's an amazing gardener. She has two green thumbs, which is gross. I'm like, wash your hands. Your thumbs are green. But I mean, it's just what, you know, she's just kidding. Anyways, um, she's amazing. And, and so we got this rototiller. We rototilled the garden. It's amazing. But let me just tell you right now, that machine, when it's not fueled up, when it doesn't, when it's not on, when it's not going, it's not something that has, that, that's effective. It, it's stuck and it's in the way and it's a problem, Right? your life, your potential, everything that God made you to do when you don't have him inside of you, when the spirit of God is not what the generating force on the inside of you, you're going to be stuck. And that capacity, even that potential is actually going to get in the way because it's going to be this expectation gap where you're like, I know that I'm supposed to be here, but I'm here. And so I'm kind of bummed out. You're feeling stuck. Why? Because you got to get that fuel inside of you and get turned on and do something. Now we were doing this rototiller. I was, I was getting, you know, shaking around or whatever. And Afterwards, I finished and I felt like He-Man, and I'm like, you know, hey, babe, <laughs> I wrote to the whole garden. I just couldn't actually stop chasing it because it was pulling me along, so I ended up getting it all done. I was trying to quit a bunch of times, but it just kept jerking me along. But she goes afterwards, she's like, yeah, I moved that cardboard, and, and there was a bunch of snakes under there. And I'm like, oh, really? You mean like the th- th- snakes, like the, you know, those kind of snakes? Yeah, those kind of snakes. And I'm like, why, why didn't you tell me? Because I was out there, you know, and I didn't realize I was in an Indiana Jones movie at the same time with snakes all around me. She's like, yeah, there was a bunch of snakes and they all, you know, slithered out and around. She's like, don't worry about it. You probably rototilled them. Thanks. (laughs) So I go, babe, why didn't you tell me about the snakes? And she goes, oh, I knew you would stop. (laughs) That is marriage in a nutshell right there, isn't it? (laughs) Why didn't you tell me the bridge was out? Because I knew you would stop driving, you know. (laughs) I knew you, you would stop. I would have stopped. It's true. So she she did the right thing. You're made to go. You're made to be fueled up. All that power, that potential is made to do something amazing, but you got to be fueled up. We're, we were designed, you guys, to function just like the rototiller is designed to function with fuel and and be fueled up and go and do what it does. And a rocket is designed to be fueled up so it can break the atmosphere and bring satellite dishes into, or satellites into space so we can watch TV anytime we want. Come on, how many of you are thankful for rockets? Because you ain't watching Netflix without rockets. I'm just telling you right now, all the satellites that, that you can use your phone, all this kind of stuff, it's cool. But they were designed to function in a certain way. And in the same way, you and I are designed to function in relationship with God. You see, Where we have gone wrong as human beings is that we have said, I can be a human being and live a fully actualized life. I can live a fully purpose-filled life without God. And we're missing something huge. You were created to function in relationship with God. And sin is what separates us from him. And that's what leads us to try to fill our lives because we recognize, hey, there's something missing. Come on, I, lo- I love listening to, to the songs in our culture. I like, like a singer named John Mayer. Have you guys heard John Mayer? Yeah. And John Mayer is an awesome guitar player. He's not a great dude, he's a womanizer and all this kind of stuff. But I think he's figuring it out. I hope John finds Jesus because I love his music and I, he's an awesome guy. But his music is full of holes. And here's what I mean you can hear the holes in his soul, you can hear the holes in his heart, you can hear that he's longing for something, for love, for fulfillment. And yet he's trying to find it in the arms of women or in booze or whatever. And he's singing rock songs about it. And it's interesting because you hear the heartbeat of humanity in in the songs of of pop culture. Come on. You hear what people are looking for, what they're searching for. Because we're designed to function in relationship with God. So we try to fill our lives with all these other things. I'll fill it with booze. I'll fill it with sex. I'll fill it with work. I'll fill it with uh, creativity. I'll fill it with whatever. I'll fill it with social media. I'll fill it with friends. But if you're not filled with God, you're going to be unfulfilled. Just like we sang in the song today. I'm unfulfilled without full communion. The fellowship of Christ and my brothers and sisters. If I don't have that, I'm empty. So what's the answer to this? We're going to go into the word here. And I'm going to basically preach this morning the very first introduction of the book Rocket Fuel. And just kind of work through the scriptures today. Here's the answer to how we can be filled with the presence of god how we can be fueled properly in second peter chapter 1 verse 3 this is the apostle peter one of jesus disciples and i love peter cuz peter just like tells it like it is he just gives you the this is what you need to know peter says this by his divine power god has given us everything somebody say everything god has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now, I want you to stop, and I, we have it stopped here on the, the verse. So, don't change the slide yet. It says here that by His divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Now, how many of you are like, "Yay! He's given me everything, right? That's good news, isn't it?" that God has given it all to. You You have the, the ability to, to live a godly life, to live like God, to, to, to walk in purpose and to be fulfilled and to change the world. You have this capacity. This is what's there. But here's the thing. How many of you would say, okay, I'm excited about that news, but that doesn't actually sound like me. How many of you are like, I have everything I need to live a godly life. I walk around like God with like this. Hello, world. I'm here to bless you today. I'm here to bring joy and peace and cookies or something. I don't, know. I don't feel like that. Come on, anybody else? You know, you know what I feel like? I feel like sometimes I'm a failure. I feel like I don't have everything I need to live a godly life. I feel like I don't have everything I need to be a good dad or a good husband. I feel like I don't have what it takes to follow Jesus. And you're like, aren't you our pastor? Sometimes. (laughs) Other times I'm just a scared guy trying to figure stuff out. Come on. Anybody with me? But the verse says that God gave you everything. Well, well, where's the everything at? Well, listen, let's go to the next part. Because this is so cool here. It says, we have received all of this. Say all of this." this. So we've received all of this, the everything, all that stuff, the power, the potential that God has for us. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So there's two parts to this. Do you have everything in God? Absolutely. But how do you access it? How do you connect with it? It's by coming to know him. In other words, God is not holding anything back from you. Did you know that right now today, God would give all of the power of heaven and earth, everything he's got is open and accessible to you all of his healing, all of his uh, prosperity, all of his blessing, all of his training, all of his wisdom, all of his love and his grace. God is not holding anything back from you. The problem is we don't know him. The reason that we go, hey, I don't, uh, everything, I don't have everything. It's because I don't know Jesus, not really. And there's a problem here is that it's not just that we don't know him like he's hiding. It's that we don't really want to know him. Because this thing happens, again, when you have a real relationship with God, he relates back. Did you notice when you got married that like the other person has thoughts and emotions and feelings too? You're like, well, why don't you wanna go eat a burger today? And she's like, well, I want sushi. You, You have an opinion as well about food? Oh, I married an actual human being. This is a real relationship that requires a give and a take and talking and spending time together and learning to understand each other. And yet we want God to be a vending machine. Oh, well, God, I put 15 minutes in and I opened the Bible and I found a verse and now you're supposed to bless me today. You're supposed to make my life better because I pushed the button. God, I put the quarter in the vending machine. What happened? No, no, no. God has everything available to us, but it comes through a relationship with him. In other words, you want what God has for you. You got to know God. You got you to walk with God. You got to learn to come. You got to come to know him because God is not going to give you and it's not that he wants to hold something back. He's not going to give you himself. He wants that relationship because that's what you actually need. Come on, it's like with my kids. I know what my kids want, but I don't, my job as their father is not to give them just what they want. It's to provide what they need. So I know that I could get like lots of kudos from my kids if I'm like, all we eat is ice cream. John, bring us ice cream. He's like, I got you, right? I, I would, my kids would love me. They would love me more than they do right now if I said, skip the broccoli, skip the celery, all we eat is ice cream. They're like, you are wise, oh, fearless leader. <laughs> Come on. But my job is not to give my kids what they want. It's to give them what they need. And so, they, so there's things that I do. And with God, it's the same thing. His job is not to give you what you want. It's to bring you into, make you into the image of his son, Jesus. It's to, it's to, to bring you back to that purpose and plan that he first formed you to be. To to help you take those steps so we come to know him. That's how we do this. Everything we need in God, it comes through a relationship with Jesus. Do you want to know him today? Do you want to know him? Not not fake, not religion, not just I go to church on Sunday and, and then I get my Jesus dose like a penicillin shot or something and then I go back into my life. No, do you want to know Jesus? Because he wants to know you. Do you want to have a real relationship that changes you from the inside out? I am preaching today. Come on, let's go. All right. Listen, with Christ, with Christ, this is what I wanna talk about this morning. With Christ, everything is different. With Jesus, you are completely different than you are without. Everything that God has for you is available, accessible, and working in your life when you are with Jesus. Let me give you an example. I have a friend named Matt, how many of you know Matt Hall? He plays drums and bass for us and he's awesome. Ian, do you know Matt? You know him, okay, yeah, he does. (laughs) He's like, he made me, yeah, half of me is him. So uh, Ian's awesome too, man. You're better looking than your dad, it's true. Let's just be honest, yeah. Matt is one of my good friends and Matt, uh, he, he actually got an amazing new job so he's not working on cars anymore but for years and years and years, Matt has been and he is, he's an amazing mechanic. Like it's a, if mechanic was a spiritual gift, Matt has it. I mean, he's amazing, he's incredible. And also, I like to hang out with people that are good at things that I'm not good at which is, you know, everything that matters in the real world. The only thing I'm good at is philosophy. Nobody wants that, you know. That's why we started a church so we could, uh, you know, do this. But no, I'm kidding. But uh, I have friends like John. John can fix things. He's handy. He brings ice cream. He has useful skills, marketable skills, right? That's why we. And he's my friend. That's awesome. Matt is this amazing mechanic, and he brings something to the table. And so my cards break. Do your cards ever break? Mine do frequently. And, uh, and so I'm like, Matt, hey, I need some help. And so Matt was over with me a couple months ago. He was helping me out with the car. And by helping me out, it means I stand there and watch and bring coffee while he does it. Right? You know what I mean? It's kind of like how people say, oh, you know, you got married and you had kids. Not really. I mean, Bethany had kids. I just sort of, you know, stand around. Right? And so, okay, yeah. Don't leave me hanging, guys. All right. When Matt comes over to fix cars with me, it's really just Matt. But here's the thing. I walked into the house a couple months ago, and I grabbed Matt, and I asked Matt on the way, and I said, how many cars have you fixed in your life? He thought about it, and he's like, it's been more than 20,000. So I'm like, that's amazing, man. You and I together are incredible. (laughs) So we walked into the house, and I put my arm around Matt, and I said, hey, babe, listen, between Matt and I, we fixed over 20,000 cars. (laughs) She's just like facepalm, I'm married, I'm married to this person, you know, can I get a refund, you know. Here's the thing, with Matt, I'm an amazing mechanic. Come on somebody, you know where I'm going with this. With Matt, I've fixed over 20,000 cars. He's not here to receive the glory, so I'll take it. With Matt, I'm incredible at fixing cars. Don't call me, right? (laughs) But, But with Matt, it's amazing. With Matt, I've fixed tens of thousands of cars. With Jesus. Come on. So you're going, You're sitting here going, well, I'm nothing. I, I, I don't have what it takes to be who God's called me to be. I don't feel like I have everything. Oh, you're, you're right. Because without Jesus, you don't. But with Jesus. Come on, somebody. With Jesus, everything is different. Listen, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. He's, he talks about this. We're going to read this together. He says, we implore, implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Listen to this God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Listen to what is being said here. Paul says in verse 17 that you are a new creation, that with Christ, in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone. How many of you are excited that some of the old things in your life, all the old things, are gone? Hello. I don't, I don't care where you come from, what your background is. If you are a human being sucking oxygen on this planet, there's some old stuff that's nasty. Come on. And when you come to Christ with Jesus, the old is gone and that new creation comes. And I'm excited about that because there's the old and busted, the new hotness. Old and busted, the new hotness. Right? How many of you are excited that in Christ... With Jesus, without him, you're just the old stuff. You're the old and busted. But in Christ, you're the new hotness. Come on, the new creation has come. You guys are not amending at the appropriate level this morning. (laughs) I might have had a, a slightly too much coffee today. No? Okay, moving on. With Christ, verse 18, we are reconciled with God. Now, this is actually more amazing than I even understand. To be reconciled with God it talks about in the book of Romans how even while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of God, that God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could be reconciled. Romans chapter five talks about this wonderful, let's rejoice in a wonderful new relationship we have with our father because of Jesus. With Christ, you're a friend of God. You are reconciled with him. Isn't that amazing? Your behavior, your sins, your are old and busted, all that, the old stuff, the bad stuff, Inside of you and inside of me, it made us enemies, but Jesus reconciles us with God. But that's not all. What happens with Christ? We become his ambassadors. Paul says we're Christ's ambassadors. Listen to this. You don't just get a place in the family. You get a place in the family business. You don't just get a place. Hey, you can come and eat eat food at the table. That's good. But no, actually, you're going to come and work with, with pops at the shop. And you get to be part of what I'm doing in the world. In other words, you don't just gonna sit on your butt and play video games all day. No, you get to actually do something with your life and get the purpose and the fulfillment and feel awesome because you're actually working with dad in the family business. See, a lot of people are walking around life like, I don't know what to do with my life. And see, what's going on is, yeah, they're unfulfilled because they don't have a relationship with God, but they're also unfulfilled because they're not doing anything with their life. Let me just tell you, I struggle with some things, but I don't struggle with purposelessness. And here's why, because I'm in the family business. Because even when I look at my failures and, my, and, and all that and my sin and I say, man, Lord, I need you to, to help me. I need you to, to work in me. But you know what I don't do is I don't wake up and go, I wonder what I should do with my life. You know why? Because Jesus said, look, Jake, on this side of eternity, your job is to go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. I have purpose in my life that I can take my abilities and my giftings, whatever they may be, and I can put them into the family business to to help God do what God wants to do in this uh, this time and space that I get to live in. Come on, I'm participating in the kingdom coming of God. God's bringing his kingdom. I get to be a part of, of Jesus, all of his work that he's doing, and so do you, because you don't just get a place in the family, you get a place in the family business. You get a nice little name tag and you get that cool thing on the door, you know, your name on the door. You know you've arrived when your name is on the door. You know what I'm saying? You walk up and you're like, this is my office. Cornelius J. Peppernickel." you know, right there. <laughs> you know that you've arrived. God wants to put your name on the door at the shop. You have a place in the family business. It's an incredible thing. Moving forward with Christ, in Christ, we find out in verse 21 that we also get to become the righteousness of God in Christ. The righteousness of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I was a teenager, 90s. And so we said stuff like, dude, that's righteous, right? Now that might be a little bit late 80s, but that's righteous. But righteous means right, means right with. When it talks about the righteousness of God, you're right with God. And here's the amazing thing about this reality that when you're with Christ is that in Christ, you are righteous. And what that means is that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your mistakes. He sees Jesus' success. When God looks at you, what does it mean to be the righteousness of God in Christ? It means that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your past and your failures and your shortcomings. He sees Jesus and he sees his beautiful, precious, perfect, sinless, spotless son. And he says, I like this, this person here. Come on, I got everything for this person. This person gets all refrigerator access, a place at the table and a place in the business the righteousness of God. You are made right with God. And when God sees you, he sees Jesus. If you're, if you're sitting here today going, I don't know about relating to God. I don't want to pray and read my Bible because I think that, that if I come, I'm, I'm not worthy. Correct, you're not worthy. But with Jesus, you are worthy. There is no one more worthy. See, with Jesus, everything changes. Are you hearing me today? With Jesus, you're a new creation. reconciled with God, part of the family business, an ambassador of Christ, and you are the righteousness of God. But the key to all of this is being with Christ, being in Christ. You got to stay connected. Somebody say connected. And so in this series, we're going to unpack that concept of how do we stay connected? How do we get fueled? And a lot of this takes place in our time of daily devotions, a discipline, a time where we say in the morning or whatever time works, I'm going to take that time and I'm just, it's just going to be God and me. We're going to be together or God and I for all the grammar Nazis. It's, you know, is that, which one is it? God and me? It's Marley and me, so God and me. Okay, so, but that time with God that I spend with God, that, that, that lifeline to my creator, that's so important. It's so valuable. It says in John chapter 15, verse five, this is the words of Jesus. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing with Christ, everything. Apart from him, nothing. You and I, can I tell you why Christians should should always be humble? Because we should always understand that, man, without Jesus, I haven't fixed any cars. I'm a mess. Without Matt, I haven't fixed any cars. Without Jesus, I'm not the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm condemned. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm destined for eternal separation. But with Jesus, everything changes. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, if, I, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. We need to stay connected with Jesus in that daily time, that daily practice in the presence of God, in prayer, in worship. And we're gonna teach you how to do this, okay? So I'm getting you all excited this week, but you gotta come back next week to get some of the good stuff. Uh, we're gonna teach you how to live that out, how to walk that out. Here's the thing about spiritual disciplines. They're just like natural disciplines. You, you need them. So in the natural You need to eat healthy, right? You can't just eat hamburgers every day. I wish you could, but you can't. I mean, you can, but you will die sooner than you should. You got to eat healthy. You have to get enough sleep, right? You got to exercise. In your spiritual life, you need prayer, talking with God, communication with God. And and we're going to talk about how to pray and break it down. It's not this highfalutin thing where you, oh, dear God, I beseech thou, thou'st in the place of prayer. No, not that. That's lame. Unless you are actually a knight, don't talk like that. You know what I mean? If you're like Sir Lancelot, you can talk like that to God, but otherwise stop it. Um, or this kind of thing. Oh, Jesus, i think just give me am the worst person in the whole world. No, stop, 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 stop. No, you just talk with God. Prayer, reading your Bible, and being in the presence of God. These spiritual disciplines are a lifeline. We help us stay connected with God. But I want to finish with this thought. You guys all right today? We're gonna finish up right here. As we talk about devotions, and as we talk about spirituality, and we talk about connecting with God, it's easy to fall into this mindset of earning something. And, And that's not a gospel perspective. We need to approach our spirituality From a gospel perspective. This is what separates Christianity from Oprah and every guru and every self-help thing. You see, everybody has a plan for your life, but only the power of Jesus, the resurrection power of Jesus can change you from the inside out. And we need to come from a gospel perspective, which is a perspective of grace, not guilt. I remember there was one one point, Bethany and I were talking and she said, I'm just feeling guilty. Because I haven't, you know, if I miss my time with God, I feel bad. Like I'm letting him down. And I, and I believe the Lord put this in my heart. I said, "Hun, listen, we don't do our devotions for God. We do them for us. In other words, when you pray, God isn't like, oh, thanks, you recharged my batteries. <laughs> when you lift your hands in worship, God doesn't like become greater than he already was before you did that. When a person says, I'll follow Jesus, God is excited, he's happy because he loves you, but you didn't make him a better God than he was before. Come on. You deciding to pray and read your Bible on a daily basis is about you staying connected to the vine. The vine doesn't stop being a vine just because a branch falls off. Come on, somebody. We don't do our devotions for God. We do them for ourselves. And here's what that sets us free from. God is not mad at you because you missed a day on your Bible reading plan. Oh man, I got busy and I, I, I didn't know. You, you know what, you just, you missed out, but God isn't, and he misses you, but he's not mad at you. God is not sitting there like you failed. You didn't you know, climb the seven ladders of spiritual disciplines. That's not how it works. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that God did all the work, came down, rescued you, invites you in. You can approach God because you're accepted. You don't, you're not accepted because you approach. Hebrews chapter four says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Let me just tell you about confidence, what that looks like. It's like a little kid that says, you're my dad and I have access to you. One of the worst things about kids is you never get to go to the bathroom alone again in your life. I have to like go to the bathroom with one foot on the door to keep Penny out, you know. Do not approach the white throne of grace with confidence today. (laughs) Awkward, I know, but listen. You know, you, you, I mean, that's kind of a gross example, but think about the intimacy. Think about the fact that my daughter and my son, they don't care. It's like, I'm, hey, I'm your kid. I'm coming. It's 5.30 in the morning, Jack. Mom and I are trying to sleep. I'm, but I'm getting into bed. You know, he's, he's coming. That's Confidence. And it's built on relationship. Jack doesn't come to me and be like, "Dad, hey, listen, Dad. I know it's 5:30 in the morning, um, but yesterday I did my chores um, and I didn't steal candy, and so because of that, I think you know, would it be okay for me? Maybe, Dad, Mom, can I can I get in bed with you guys? Like, I mean, I don't need to. I mean, because I know I'm not. I mean, I'm just four, and I you know I'm wearing pajamas here, uh, footies with footies." He doesn't do that, but that's what we do with God, isn't it? Why? Because we have a guilt perspective. We have an effort and an earning perspective, not a grace perspective, that if God has called you his child, you can just walk on in. Come on, somebody. You can just come right into the presence of God. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Let me just tell you something this morning. When Jesus died on the cross, there's this little thing that happens. There was a veil inside the temple that separated the presence of God from the world. And this veil wasn't like a little tiny thin, thin, you know, thing you buy at Joanne Fabrics. It was like thick. Some Bible scholars could tell us how thick it was. I think it was at least a foot thick. I mean, it was this massive, huge, thick curtain. I mean, it was heavy and massive and people were separated from the presence of God. And the moment that Jesus died, the moment that he gave his life, in that moment, it says that veil was torn in two. And guess where it was torn from? Not bottom up, top down. When God said, everybody come on in. Because I accept the sacrifice of Jesus. And now when I see every person in Christ, with Christ, I see the righteousness of God. We don't approach to be accepted. We approach God because we've already been accepted in Christ. And so our devotions, our spirituality needs to come from a gospel perspective that says, nothing I did, nothing I've done, just the grace of God. So I come in boldly. I'm here, dad. I'm hopping in the bed. It's 530 in the morning and you love me. That's the kind of an attitude and posture that we need to approach God in.